Welcome to Sufficiently Black, the podcast that explores what it means to be comfortable in your blackness. Um, I'm Janae, here with Kia and Amari. What a woo, 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 <laughs> woo. Um, as always, okay. Oh, <laughs> Kia, you got to drop a little beat. Oh, I cannot do that on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I will not embarrass myself. <laughs> no, I, I just, I don't know what to say at that moment. I'm so sorry. Um, other than Kia not being able to drop a beat and me and Amari's beats sounding quite pathetic. <laughs> what's new, guys? What's what's going on? What's good in the hood? I have something to say. I have a, qu- what? I have a question. I just have a, are men Are men homeless? Do they not have homes? <laughs> I, I'm asking because I just feel like when <laughs> this is just going to be a dating update segment for me. Um, okay, so update. I I did pause my Tinder and I'm it'll be deleted this this weekend, and then I'll you know take a break and then go on Hinge. Which if you know me, that's that's a really big deal because usually I take a nine month break, so nine month to two two weeks. But growth is all I'm saying. I'm growing, um, but I say that because I feel like every time I was on Tinder everyone is just like very quick to come to my house mm-hmm. and I'm like you don't know me I, I I get it you know maybe you're there for one thing and I'm not judging that I just think there's an art to get that one thing and there's a way to get it and I just feel like they're very thirsty to like come to my house and I'll just be like I don't even have furniture like why would I want you here but also like I would I would not want you here because like I pay a lot of money to live here and I'm very protective of the space but it's just like I feel like it's like a constant like do you want to come over? Like, come over, and it's just like, oh god! Like, do you not have a home? Or they live with their mom, which is like nine times out of ten. Uh, which is my second question of like, when did it just get so acceptable for like men to like? It's almost like it's like that's the new norm that they're just. And I get cultural reasons. I'm not banking that, but a lot of y'all don't have cultural reasons. You just be living with your mom at like 32, and I'm I'm a little confused. I just don't see where that took a turn. So I, many things here. I was just about to say, I I'm feel right, like it's go, a very... No, I just, you said so many things. I'm like, this is very layered. But I also think you have to, like, remember, like, where you are. And, like, for, like, New York City, Tri-City, that is a very common thing. Like, I know people mm. well into their, like, late 20s, early 30s who live with their parents because rent is just so high and they have a lot of space. If there's, like, a big multifamily apartment, they can do it. Um, I'm not saying that's what you want. I don't know, but I'm, but I think about all the women that, okay, I think about just like the men and the women in my life and say we all have the same socioeconomic background. All the women do live alone and the, and not even alone, just like, yeah, live alone. Actually, none of them have roommates. They all live alone. And then I think about the counterparts again, same background. That's why I said not culture reasons, same background, same space, same living situation, same like area. The guys, it's not cutting it. It just seems like there's like a, a type of laziness. And I Listen, think there needs to be a higher standard. We already know that women are killing it right now. Because when you said that, I was like, let me think. And all of the women, now mind you, I don't really have male friends that are straight to come all the way clean. <laughs> there's but a reason. <laughs> <laughs> all of, I know I'm taking applications for straight male friends. I got but, one. That's all I need. Close. Oh. <laughs> um, but all of the women I know. No, I know. Okay, okay, okay. 
all of the people I know who live in Jersey, a lot of the people I know who live in Jersey still live at home with their parents. They were like born, raised in Jersey, and they're so close to the city that it's kind of like, why move out? Why not just, I don't know, save up until I get a house? And then all of the women that I know who like work in New York, live in New York, they all have their own place or they have roommates or they live with like a boyfriend or a significant other. Yeah. So. I also think, I I don't know, because I'm, see, and here's the thing, like if you want to do that, that's fine. Just don't come to Nikia L'Oreal Swinton and do that because that's just, we're just not on the same wavelength. That's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, that's that's what I'm saying. Like we're, we're all allowed to have standards. I have high ones and that is a standard. I also feel like half of the problem is Tinder itself. I just think that, and I thought that maybe Tinder had changed some, but I think dating apps are getting worse because people are, because of the pandemic, I think people are lonelier and more insecure and more thirsting for that connection. And I think Tinder was already a bottom barrel dating app that people really just used to hook up. And then the pandemic on top of that, I feel like people aren't even lubricating up conversations before they're just like, let me come over, you know? Yeah, Um, it just just feels very aggressive. Like, yeah, like you need to leave your mama's house and you just have to like latch on. And it's just like, damn, can we like ease into that? Like we can get there. But like, don't be acting like you, you know, I'm like a free homeless shelter. Like, that's weird. (laughs) And I'm not going to say Hinge is much better either, because the issue that I had on Hinge was... You just can't even hold a conversation with people. You you just can't. It's like you guys have one or two back and forths and then they disappear. Or it seems like a lot of these guys just want pen pals. And you know what? I won't even say guys. It seems like a lot of people just want pen pals nowadays. They're just lonely. They want someone who they know thinks that they're attractive to talk to them until they're bored or until they're not bored anymore. Um, I'm on Coffee Meets Bagel right now and I'm talking to a few guys, but it's a very similar thing where it's kind of like we match, we have a few back and forths over the span of a few days, and then eventually it just dies out. Yeah, dies out. Um, I also think um, back to what you were saying about like a lot of people in Jersey like live close and they don't feel the need to live, move out. I get that, but I think there's also like a level of like experience and like Sham, Sham Booty just said a really good thing and she was talking to guys in their 20s and she was like, they were saying like, oh, we're not gonna be in a relationship until we um, find a girl and that like makes, you know, maybe makes us wanna be one. And then she was saying like, that's like, t- that's like me saying I wanna go to the NFL and the NFL, I'm just waiting for them to recruit me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're not putting in work. You don't have experience. So that relationship probably is going to be successful because most people's first relationship aren't. Because naturally, you grow, you learn from that. So you waiting until 32 to have your first relationship just and just fucking around, fucking over women for, like, 32 years or whatever, and then you find the one that you want, that's going to be nine times harder because she probably has, like, what, two or three experiences by then. You have one, and you're bringing a lot of, like, firsts into that. So I feel like that's the same with, like, if you want to save money, I totally get that. I understand times are hard. I, I was at home for, for two years. I get that. But I th- also think there's a level of experience when like when you have to actually pay your own bills and you have to make rent and you have to have a level of responsibility. There's a things that like someone who doesn't do that cannot relate to. And for me, I just want someone who has like experience in all aspects of life where like I'm experienced, you're experienced, and we're coming together to make like a powerful uh, combination. And I just think 
a lack of things. I, I know people just think one-minded money, but you also have to think of like your experience. And I think sometimes the money is worth experience where we tend to be so money focused where like you, you lack in other areas. So that's just what I wanted you to right. say. <laughs> you right. You right. You fully just went off. Um, I'm just saying that's just something I've noticed. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I, I think your points are very, very valid and it's true. It's 100% true. I, Side note, won't take long. The focus on buying a house in your late 20s, it's dumb. If you live in a big city, it's dumb. Like, why are people it's also so not focused just, on saving money for so long? What are you going to say? I was going to say, it's also not just dumb if you live in a big city. I think that's just, like, such a generic blanketed statement that, like, there's so many things that go into, like, buying a house. One, like, do you have enough good credit to buy a house? Can a bank give you a loan? Like... Um, like how much do you, you know, like make all these different things go into that. And I think, you know, again, people just like haven't updated their views around things for the times, like things need to be edited for the times. Like that statement, you should have a house by year 30. Like, have y'all seen the housing market? (laughs) Like who's like people are, I'm, I'm so confused. People are out there. Well, I shouldn't say now because there's a lot of other things going on that's impacting the housing market. But um, there was a point during the pandemic where people were just buying houses with straight up cash, like million dollar houses, $500,000 houses with straight up cash. The fact that those people even exist is beyond me. So if you don't have that kind of money, you have no skin in this game at all. Bro, people are going broke just to buy houses because they think that they need to Oh, I I need to own something. I need to own property. It's like owning stuff isn't always as great as it seems. Yeah, it sounds great. But what happens when you spend all your money on this damn house and then something happens to the roof? Something oh happens God, to yeah. the fireplace. Being house poor is a thing. The appliances. Being house poor is a thing. And I'm kind of like, I don't think that's necessary until I need the space for it. And right now, frankly, don't. But anyway... Let's move on. To remind you guys, we have a Discord. Check that out. We have, obviously, an Instagram and Twitter. Talk to us. Interact with us. We want to hear more from you. But other than that, Kia, what's new this week in Black history? I guess not what's new. It's old. (laughs) You get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. I get it. I get it. I love that. Okay, so I got two little quick facts for y'all. So March 22nd, 1492, the Afro-Spanish explorer Alonso Pietro piloted the Santa Maria during Christopher Columbus's first voyage to the Americas. He also accompanied him on his third voyage in 1498 to Trinidad. So after returning to Spain from one of his voyages, he was accused of cheating out the king of his portion of you know, the wealth that he found. And then he was arrested and had his property confiscated. And then he died before, you know, he got his trial. And I just thought it was really interesting because we hear about Christopher Columbus, but you didn't know that a black guy actually like was the pilot of his his ship. And I just feel like that's his life was just so sad because one, he gets no credit for um, the Christopher Columbus discovery. But then also he just like was accused of cheating and like basically had everything stripped away from him and then like died before he even got a trial. So, like, I just feel like that was important to uh, 
touch on that. And uh, March 25th, 1965, Dr. Martin Luther King, along with other notable civil rights leaders and thousands of supporters, reached Montgomery, Alabama after marching the 54-mile highway from Selma for four days. The marches were organized by nonviolent activists to demonstrate the desire of African-American citizens to exercise their constitutional right to vote in defiance of segregationist repression. Um, and yeah, you know, just touch on Selma. I feel like that's something we don't learn about. I know there's a movie, Selma, but you know, just always good to highlight, you know, what black people did for America. Uh, and we should, you know, always remember them outside of Black History Month. I really struggled with um, what to say for my segment, and we haven't done these in a while, so my segment is things I found on the internet, because I'm very on the internet, um, and I've just been thinking a lot about Abbott Elementary. I didn't know, I don't know if y'all have heard or if y'all have watched, but it got renewed for a second season. Um, I'm obsessed with that gif of um, Quinta's character, like, throwing the money on her boyfriend and then him dancing with it, um, and... I just think it's like really nice to see the discourse around or like the discussion around Abbott Elementary on Twitter, because I think a lot of us were worried that with um, the ending of Insecure that like, what were we going to talk about? Like, I love Abbott Elementary. I love Quinta Brunson. Um, I I just I remember when Larry Wilmore was talking about working with her and I was just like, this is going to be a great show. Damn it. (laughs) We lost Amari, guys. (laughs) Um, my sister is a vice principal, and she Ooh, was, was telling uh, me that, yeah, she was telling me that Abbott Elementary is, like, her comfort show. And I've watched, like, part of the first episode, and it was very funny. I have to catch up on it. I do. Yeah. So for today's topic, we are covering black beauty standards It's interesting because I feel like we've definitely talked about beauty standards when it comes to body. Um, And of course, because we're black women, it's definitely been from a black lens. Um, But there's just something that I've been seeing, not recently, but just being on social media a lot and seeing kind of this, this gratification of black beauty trends um, without the credit. And of course, we know that that's a thing, but I feel like it's very subtle nowadays. It's like everyone and their mom has these long nails um, and now it's like, okay, to have ridiculously long nails. Um, And when I was a kid, that was just considered like ghetto. Um, Same thing with hairstyles and and makeup and all this other stuff. It's like things that used to be considered bad are now good. Um, And we just wanted to, I don't know, talk about it, rap about it today. We definitely got to talk about why they're now considered good. And it's all because they've been co-opted by white people Mm -hmm. and brought into the mainstream. And, you know, it's it's we've seen this over and over again. You know, doesn't look good on black people, but put it on the white girl. And now it's acceptable. Yeah. Um, it's, um, in Kia's words, it's just, it's weirdo behavior. Um, it is, it's weird. It's weird. And I think like, I think what's new, I guess more so is like black beauty, um, 
being co-opted. Although I think you could argue maybe like in the 70s around those times you saw, I think you saw more like, you know, um, white people getting perms and like trying to make their hair poofy and like even the clothes and all that stuff. Um, and I think when it all then, and we'll probably get, we'll get into this later too, but I think we'll talk about like also now how black beauty has also taken this weird direction and has implications like historical implications about like um being closer to white um and 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 racial ambiguity and all this stuff but it's really definitely moved in that direction of like racial ambiguity is the thing like you can't look too black and you know that kind of stuff yeah i think it's like a certain type a certain type of blackness which we'll discuss um but you guys want to talk about like what are the beauty standards that are specifically like held up for black people or like right now yeah and people listening like we want to hear what you think too because a lot of these ideas we just kind of like jotted down from our standpoint and I frankly want to know if we're missing any um the ones that I put down so like having a curvy body but curvy being thick thighs and a slim waist. I feel like the idea type is the slim thick, you know? Like you can't be too skinny and you can't be too big. You have to be that that middle. And that's where you're like, ooh, she got a nice body, she fat. <laughs> anyway, um, the classic big butt, big lips, Perfect curly hair or perfect coily hair. Uh, muscular, and I, I see this for both women and men. I think muscular is similar to the kind of slim, thick body type. And I think in black men, there needs to be a certain amount of muscularnessness too. Um, big eyes, and then the rest are more superficial of like weaves, fake nails, long lashes. Um yeah, so those are some of the beauty standards that I thought about. One I would add, and I definitely think this uh, has to do with like, it's definitely with the um, cosmetic industry and plastic surgery is also the thin nose. Mm. People hate a wide nose. And people definitely associate w- wide noses with blackness. And the first thing I've noticed from a lot of people, a lot of celebrities too, is like the minute they get money, their nose just gets like, slimmer and slimmer and slimmer i'm not judging you for what you want but i definitely do think there is something tied to blackness and the nose on the nose point i just realized that i have had trouble finding glasses that fit me correctly for years because i have a low nose bridge and wide set nostrils so i always gravitate towards glasses like this but then after a few months they're sliding down my face because my nose bridge, frankly, is not tall enough or thin enough to support them. And it's just a little thing where it's like, wow, they even based glasses frames off of white faces. That's fucking insane. Not only do we have to worry about Band-Aids not being in our shade, pantyhose not being in our shade. uh, I don't even know what else you fucking name it. Now, glasses, which so many people need. Wow. I never thought about the, the glasses thing. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, it's just like everything is like centered around whiteness. Um, and Janae, I think, I, I know like a lot of the discussion, like 
is big on TikTok, like, because it's just, like, TikTok is a prime example of, like, white people stealing black uh, trends and, like, profiting off of it, which it's, honestly, it's, it actually should be talked about more. Like, I know it's talked about on Twitter, but, like, I don't know, it just gets me so angry when I see, like, a trend that's, like, clearly for black people. Like, a prime example is, like, you guys know that, like, Afrobeat song when they're, like, you want to bum bum, you want to chill with the big boys. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I go on that sound, why is the first fucking page all white people? Like, shit like that pisses me off because it's like, yo, this song is clearly black people. It's clearly, like, a song about, like, Africa. And it's it's actually a song about, like, how, like, a, a dad is talking to his son and, like, going off to college and being like, you got to play smart. Like, you can't, you know, want to show off and all this stuff. So it has, like, implications. And it just it makes me so sad when, like, every time I want to just, like, see black people on the trend, it's like I got to scroll five pages to see one black person. And it's like, I know black people started this. And I know, like... It just, oh, it just boils my blood because I'm just like, damn, can we just, like, fucking have one thing? Like, why do you guys have to, like, center yourself in every goddamn trend? Like, oh, my God, talk about fucking mayo. I don't know. Like, God, it's so fucking annoying. Like, I hate it. <laughs> well, I think it's 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 um just, like, when you create the culture and you are the culture, like, it's all going to get co-opted. Like there is no way like this is not going to continue to happen because like black people keep pushing the envelope for a lot of things. And when we're talking about social media, when we're talking about TikTok, when we're talking about black Twitter, all the stuff, like it's just not going to, it's not going to stop. I guess that kind of takes us to our next question or thought of like, what are some of the beauty aesthetics or trends that we see going around that can be attributed to black women. And I, I feel like there are so many. This goes in line with a, a TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> I sent the gals earlier today and it was this stitch of this more um, queer or femme presenting, um, we'll say boy, but I'm not sure if this person identifies as a boy, but for the sake of listeners to understand, We'll say boy. Um, and he was kind of showing his journey going from, you know, straight, cis, white guy to being more feminine presenting. And his journey really showed him kind of going from like a regular ass white dude to looking like a black woman or a Latina woman. And then someone stitched the video saying that we see this so often with white women um, or gay men where for them freedom looks like co-opting black women's style and dress and vernacular he he just like put it so well and I was like damn like I look all over the internet and I see all of these white girls now that basically look like black women and it's like Oh shit, he's right. He's right. For you, breaking free is looking like a black woman, is looking like in someone who's not necessarily accepted by society, but you're like a badass now and you've had this glow up and it's like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's frustrating because it's like freedom. I don't think black people are allowed that in America or in general, but um, it's also like, you know, we talked about this too, like Kim Kardashian trying to like rebrand herself as white and like taking out her butt implants and now dating a white guy after like years of dating black men and having these black kids and 
um, all the Kardashians. Like, now it's trendy to date, like, a skinny white boy who, like, paints his nails. Like, that's the trend, so that's what they're going to go after. And it's just, like, wow, y'all can really use, like, black people and your children to, like, try to be, like, closer to blackness. And it's just, it's fucking weird, and it just makes me mad because it's, like, you know, we talk about interracial dating a lot, but it's, like, you can date whoever you want if, like, y'all are truly in love, but, like, y'all just be letting white women do, like, the stupidest shit and you play right into that shit and give them five children and, like, it's just weird to me. I don't know. But it, it, it it's weird and it's nothing new and I don't want to draw this um, analogy or, like, this theme and, like, because it maybe it sounds too harsh or maybe it just sounds too real, but, like... The black body in America was always meant to be commodified. We came here as slaves. We were meant for money. So it really just makes sense that white people would then take things from us and make money off of it. And then when they're done, throw us away. I mean, I don't, I don't see any lies detected. That was some Malcolm X shit, Amari. That was straight up some Malcolm X shit you just said. <laughs> like, it. they're I'm just playing it. by the same book. It just looks a little different. It's still fucking violent, let, let's be honest. It still causes harm, but um, we're not seeing it to the, ex- the same extent as, as physical harm, but, like, the mental fuckery that continues to go on... Um, with, like, black people not being able to exist and exist in themselves and having to watch white people exist in their blackness more freely than them, that's some fuckery. Mm, mm. Let me let me ask you guys a question real quick. What do you guys think about the word ghetto nowadays? I... I, I'm not going to lie to you, and I have used the phrase, but I use it because anyone can be ghetto. My problem with the term ghetto is that it has been unfairly associated with black people, with you know poor people when we're talking about this stuff. I've been in a lot of situations with white people, and that shit's ghetto. It's not organized. I don't know what's happening. Shit's shady to me like so if we're gonna use the word use it fairly but i don't like how it's been disproportionately associated with black people and black things that's my issue i i always try to use ghetto i guess i don't i don't really know what i i don't really use the terms sometimes i'll joke with like my parents and be like damn y'all ghetto but like we're black so like shut the fuck up but um i feel like i try to use it like with white people just to like flip it on their heads and be like y'all can y'all can be ghetto and y'all mostly are but like a prime example is elon musk and i will fucking die on this hill that nigga has eight kids with a lot of different women he just had another fucking kid this week that is ghetto okay and a lot of people will dismiss that because he is a prominent you know owner of this billion dollar company or whatever that's ghetto. You have nine goddamn children. And a lot of people will be like, that's okay. He can afford them. Kids need more than money. Newsflash. I know men don't fucking think like that, but you need a father there and you have four fucking baby mamas or whatever. That shit's ghetto. And I'm going to fucking keep saying Elon Musk is ghetto because it is. Amen. I asked the question because in thinking about this episode, for me, it really came up that as a kid, and, and I do not think that we use the, the word ghetto the way that we used to a decade ago, right? But as a kid going to a white school, 
being classified as ghetto was a bad thing. The way people use ghetto was bad. For me, it was always this huge separation between, Janae, you're not like those other black girls. You're not ghetto. It was always that. And that gave me a kind of negative connotation with the word ghetto and always made me feel like, oh, I don't want to be ghetto. You know, and ghetto was a very narrow thing of, I don't know, looking and acting a certain way that coincided with blackness. And I think in writing this, I kind of realized that there is a lot of classism in that feeling. There's a lot of internalized racism. So I, I just wanted to bring up that, like, that was definitely a thought for me, this fear of if I wear a weave and have fake eyelashes and long nails, I'm going to look ghetto. And now that trend is in. And that's a multi-layered thing because this fear of looking ghetto is really internalized racism. Um, right, but you still you still run the risk of uh, applying those beauty standards to yourself or those beauty um, features to yourself and still being considered ghetto, despite yep. them still being mainstream. Exactly, so like- exactly. And I think that's something that I've learned now with embracing a lot of things that in my childhood were like, oh, that's ghetto, you know, just embracing those things and knowing that the people who thought of me a certain way before I did those things are going to think of me a certain way after I do those things. And it doesn't matter at all. I also think it's really bad kind of the way that we used to specifically apply the word ghetto to black women it's it's just it's just all bad it's just all bad and this kind of realization that it has to be one thing like you guys said everyone can be ghetto everything yeah. is ghetto and honestly the word is a little bit classist too so i was about to say if you if you even think ghetto as like poor like living in a ghetto like people act like white people can't be poor or act like white people aren't the most people on like welfare in america so it's like if y'all do want to use the term and be classist just like you know spread that shit evenly (laughs) and let's just look at where the world is right now the world is ghetto hi sufficiently black fans if you like our podcast we have a great recommendation for you the table is ours a lifetime original podcast is hosted by amira luali and kirby dixon together they have open and honest conversations with some of their favorite black writers entertainers athletes and politicians about how black identity has informed and empowered their lives and careers. On March 23rd, The Table Is Ours is wrapping up an epic second season with their special guest, Janelle Monet. The one and only singer, songwriter, and award-winning actress talks about her influences, the family ties that keep her grounded, and the power of Afrofuturism. And did we mention she's giving us a first look into her new collection of short stories, She Really Does It All. Catch that episode and plenty more season two episodes with awesome guests like Stacey Abrams, Bob the Drag Queen, or Jill Scott by subscribing to The Tables Ours wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, so I wanted to talk to you about the sponsor of this episode, which is Sterling Stock Picker. So I don't know about you guys, but you know, when you're younger, you make not so you know, great choices with your money in the stock market. You don't really know, you know, what's going on in the world about money. No one really teaches you about it in school. So you're just kind of making, you know, these decisions. (laughs) But as you get older, you want to get better with your money. You want to feel smart. You want to feel like an adult. You want to get invested in the stock 
market, which is really, really super important. So recently we've come across a sterling stock picker and right away from coming across this website, you know that this is, you know, easy to understand. You can, you know, have to be like a finance bro to understand it. So with Sterling Stock Picker, it's easy for you to find companies with 100% earning growth, industries best, and what Sterling Stocker Picker calls five-star reading stocks. It's basically the best of the best. Literally within three clicks, you can have eight companies to choose to invest in. Based on the other, you know, stock picking software, Sterling Stock Picker is easiest to navigate. And you can learn about a ton of stocks from a quick, short two-minute video embedded throughout the site. So Sterling Stock Picker is offering you guys a killer 14-day free trial to try out any stocks, um, which is a perfect amount of time if you guys are still scared about, you know, investing in your money. So just head over to sterlingstockpicker.com win and grab your free trial. That is sterlingstockpicker.com slash win, W-I-N. Like you said that um, like you felt like you couldn't do these things because it was classified as ghetto, but I also think now the tables have turned where like you could say the same thing of like if you don't do these things, then you're not black enough because this is the stereotype of blackness. So I think it can go like both ways. Like yes, neither is good, but I think it's like if you don't have like the newest hairstyle or like the nicest weave or like the straight hair, like the perfect curly hair or the long nails or the lashes or the body type, then you might also be thought of like not being black enough because these are the beauty standards. And I think I relate more to that because I feel like especially the body type, I mean, like I can't change that unless I have surgery, which I would never do. But I think like, you know, that curvy, thin waist, big ass that's not natural, maybe on 10% of people in the world, I'm being generous with 10, but like a lot of that is like, you know, surgery. And I think it's like that, you know, being okay with like being proportional because that's what you should be. So I always just like remind myself, like I'm proportionate <laughs> and I have a natural body and I will enjoy that. And then I also think like a thing for me is like, you know, sometimes I would like, you know, new hair or, uh, you know, nails and maybe lashes, but like also that shit is really expensive. And, like, that's just currently not in my budget or time to keep up with, like, the newest hair or, like, you know, nails cost, like, $80 every two weeks. A lot of people don't have $160 a month to just go to, like, things on their hands or lashes. Like, that that shit is a lot. And I think, um, I think, like, we need to just realize that beauty is very expensive. And, like, I think some people just, like, maybe, you know, put too much into beauty and like maybe not into other stuff because they feel the pressure to like at least I look good um, versus like you know having their life together in other aspects so I just think that's another thing to think about I agree um I do think however that I, I don't feel like people look at blackness as rigidly as they used to a part of me does feel like people aren't going to look at you sideways if you're a black girl with a flat butt. You know what I mean? I feel like people are just going to be like, that's tragic. But that, I that, think. So that's a bad thing. Which like, still hurts. <laughs> like, I don't want to be called tragic. tragic. What the fuck? <laughs> that's tragic. Because yeah. it's, like, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, like, ain't I, like, ain't I still a black woman? Like, exactly. I don't, like, I'm. 
it doesn't make sense. Like I am a black person with no butt. Um, like but there you are probably black do people have with a no butt. lips. Yeah, I have a butt. I have a butt that works for my body. You know, exactly. And yeah. like as I have a chest that works for my body. Um, like kind of like you said, like being um proportionate. But like I definitely don't feel like I live up to like the standard whatever people have in their minds nowadays of of black beauty i don't fit i don't fit into it but i also feel like i fit into it in some in some ways you know mm-hmm. like it's weird like you know um i wear my natural hair um but i am dark which also nowadays i mean we're in that weird mix where like people like also like people will celebrate dark skinned women but at simultaneously not show us in like any forms of media and representation weird ass time it's a weird ass time it feels like we're in a time where people are like yeah let's celebrate everyone and everything and everything's great and fantastic but there are still these pockets that just like haven't moved forward it's right. weird. Like, I don't watch Euphoria, but are there any dark-skinned people in Euphoria? No, there are no dark-skinned people in Euphoria. That's another really thing. Are. Like light-skinned people, it's like we only show, we never show light-skinned people with like 4C hair. So it's like, yeah, maybe I'll pass that ambiguous. But my shit is like four fucking C to the max. Yeah, and I don't see that. Y'all don't be showing. It's just like Zendaya straight or like whatever. And it's just like, okay, if y'all if y'all are gonna do the mixed thing, can we do like? at least switch that up you know everyone looks the goddamn same yeah it's bizarre it's weird it's like the powers that be clearly still don't want things to change but like civilians do so it's creating this do civilians though I think um, so. Do civilians? I think so. I mean, obviously not all civilians, but I think the majority of society mm, ah Maybe no, majority. I don't know. I don't that. know. I think a lot of society is pushing forward to amplify black voices and is at least somewhat trying just because it's trendy, which still helps a little. It's problematic. I think I think there are a lot of well-meaning people out there, people who think they're doing the right thing, but in doing that also simultaneously don't understand that their thinking is still messed up. Like the amount of times I've heard people saying like um like like you know the saying like oh like we'll all be mixed and like that that'll be that'll that's the wave of the future and that's how it'll be and that means everything's better. It's like y'all can still like everyone can still be mixed and you can still pass down archaic problematic thinking like that's not that that doesn't go away and i and it's um i don't know i it it, it, it's uh weird like it's also like okay like we're not i feel like we're not dealing with things like okay yeah like we like people we we um prop people up who are like slim thick or like thick in the right areas or whatever but we're still not highly fat phobic society like highly, make that make sense. Highly fat. Make that make sense. When the average you want people size to be is thick, like but you hate thick people. Uh huh. Like, it don't make no sense. What what sense does that make? Yeah, it's like you see the models. They're like, this model wears a size two, and it's like, bitch, I know she ain't fitting no size two. Like, it. I don't know. Shit like that pisses me off because I'm like, can we just? Or show she wears a size body? two, but people don't acknowledge that is not the average. Most people are not a size, a size two. two. Yeah, that that's that's true too. Okay, so Amari had to dip out, but we're still going to keep this train rolling with um, our socials. Uh, We asked you guys, do you feel like you fit into the stereotypical idea 
of um, beauty for black women, 19% said, I sure do. And 81% said, nah to the no, no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that really, that really cracked me up. That's funny. Um, That's a large percentage. No, that's, that's a really, really large percentage that said that. Okay, so after that, we asked, do you feel like the stereotypical beauty standards for black women have changed? And then we said, if yes, explain. So some of our responses were, yes, people are finally starting to love their natural blackness, which I'll agree with. Um, People said, now that surgery has entered the conversation, our natural combinations of physical attributes slash features have been rearranged and made unattainable even for us. Uh, We have to be built like an S. Which, yes, it's true. Um, Went from natural beauty to enhanced, and now your natural needs to look enhanced. Wow. (laughs) My mom... I, yeah, no, I think so. My mother commented and said, yes and no, we embrace our natural beauty, but the weave is still hanging strong. That's, I think that's true. Um, someone else said, thank God for natural hair movement, but feels like I can't be my full natural self. That's real. I, I personally feel like when it comes to hair, there was not really a point Like once I started going natural, I was just kind of like, it is what it is. And I love my hair and I would never go back to getting a relaxer. So I've never necessarily felt that pressure to have that perfect like 3C coil. I really like my hair. It took a while, but I really fuck with my hair now. Yeah, I think I, I honestly didn't. When I grew up, like I never like had my natural hair. Like it was always in braids or permed and. Like, my mom didn't really, like, do, you know, aren't, like, when we were younger, yeah, she would, like, do it a lot. But then when we got older, I think she just got tired, and she had, like, two daughters, and um, she didn't really, like, you know. Uh, my I, I don't really know my mom's hair texture. I think it's it's definitely changed over time, but it's definitely not as, like, you know, thick as me and my sisters. And, um, you know, I never saw anyone in my family, like, you know, really doing, like, the, you know, a two-twist or, like, you know, something like that. So... I, it wasn't until college, which, you know, this is why when I talk about experiences, like, you know, a lot of people, I know college is a privilege, but I'm saying like, I I think I love college, not because of what I learned, but because the experience that I have and like the opening up. And I feel like that's, you know, that's, that's a prime example of something that maybe it did cost me a lot of money, but like, it's given me so much life experience. And I feel like it's me being in like a more diverse culture and like seeing people with like natural hair and, and honestly, like. I never saw people in my high school with natural hair, and it really, like, you know, changed my perception of natural hair, and um, that's why, you know, junior year, I I decided to, you know, do the natural hair movement. I I learned everything directly off of YouTube, and it took a lot of, like, trials, but, like, I finally grew into, like, knowing how to do it and knowing how to love it and stuff like that, but, like, um, 
I also think I was talking to my friend and she was saying how like, you know, she feels like there's shame with a perm, getting a perm now or like a straight weave. And I, I, I definitely agree with that too because I feel like, you know, when I even when I got this hair, I have like straight hair extensions, like, you know, someone made a comment like, oh, I thought you wanted you to be like natural. I thought you wanted to do like natural hair. And it's like, it's still my natural hair. It's just a protective style. Like, why can't I switch it up? Like, it's not being hating my hair when I'm in braids or like, you know, covering it. So it's, it's annoying when people like, you know, try to like, you know, shame you for that too. And she was saying how she's really busy. She's a working woman and like, she doesn't want to spend all day on her hair. And I was like, yeah, you know, you make a good point. Like, if you do want to relax, if you do want to do leave, I think that's okay. That doesn't make you like you're a hater of your natural hair so i think sometimes you just go to like the extreme of the natural hair movement and i think you need to allow like people to kind of do what they want to do yeah and i also think i think with everything things come to an even center i think for a really really long time straight hair was the only thing that was acceptable for anyone to have um, and then the natural movement happened, the natural hair movement happened and it was like, boom, natural hair, natural hair, natural hair. But I think I'm seeing now that things are kind of coming to this even thing where a lot of people do feel the way that you feel like I can have my natural hair. I can change it up and get a weave if I want to. And that's just fine. Um, and I think it's also a testament to how much times have changed, because I remember when I first started going natural, I went natural my sophomore year of college. Um, and when I started going natural, people were walking up to me like, cause I had like the short haircut and the back was shaved, but because I was going natural, my shit was looking crazy. I won't even lie. <laughs> um, and I'll never forget. I want to see a picture of this. <laughs> um, I'll never forget. This girl came up to me and she was like, when are you getting another relaxer, sis? Like you're too pretty for this um what yeah yeah that's bold i was just like sitting in my community college between classes like eating a sandwich and this girl comes up to me and she's like you know you're so pretty and like i just want to tell you like when are you gonna get that fixed like pointing at my hair and i'm like shut the there's fuck nothing up, to fix bro. here people are real fucking yeah. bold. and that was a black woman too yeah. I was a black woman. Mind your God. I just, again, minding your business is free. Shutting the fuck up is free. Yeah. I promise you, it'll save you a lot of time, a lot of ass whoopings, a lot of everything. (laughs) If you just shut the guy, like, shut up. Like, I just can never think to, like, go up to someone and be like, when are you going to fix that shit? Looking real trash. Like, what? But once again, it's a testament of how far things have come. Because I bet you a few years later, that same girl tried going natural and now i bet that same girl has a whole ass afro and i bet that when she first got her ass afro she was like fuck a perm fuck straight hair righty rah and right now i bet she's like "Hmm, maybe i'll get a weave i i just think like things our mindset has changed so much in the past 10 years when it comes to beauty standards and i hope it changes in the positive direction in another 10 years. I agree. Um, what did I ask you guys on Twitter? I asked, do you feel like you fit into the stereotypical beauty ideal of black women? You guys said, absolutely not. It was made to feel for a long time that not having a voluptuous body made me feel less beautiful, desired as a black woman. Also naturals now, now in, but it wasn't for a long time and I didn't like wearing long hair weaves. I wasn't good at styling my own hair. One of you guys just said no. Um, let's see what else you guys said. I think I asked 
Oh my god, people keep. T- I love you guys, but like, some of y'all be tagging us in stupid shit. Please stop. Uh, just you know. <laughs> It's a lot of my notifications. Um, someone said, honestly, no. I think I'm very pretty, but every pic I see go viral is very specific. Hair pressed, edges laid, lashes done, very tight clothes that show off a bit too much for me. It's probably skewed where regular black girls don't get enough recognition. And then she kind of tagged um, this thing about Ari Lennox, about how you know her picture started going viral when she had like straight hair and showing a lot of body. And I totally don't relate to that. I think that's such a good point because... You know, Instagram is kind of like the thing now. Uh, if you know me, I'm not really on Instagram. I, you know, don't typically like to go on it. Uh, just not something that, you know, I enjoy. But uh, I think, like, there's a pressure to, you know, get a lot of likes on Instagram, get a lot of attention. And, and sometimes I'm always feel jealous when people are like, oh, this guy, slide into my DMs, all the stuff. Um, and I, I do realize, like, when I do post a picture on Instagram and I you know, maybe I'm, like, showing a little more or looking a little, you know, great. It gets a lot of likes, a lot of attention. But when I'm showing, like, Kia in her natural state of, like, maybe I'm kayaking or maybe I'm eating fucking pizza because that's what I do. It's, you know, the, like, skyrocket down. (laughs) And it's just, like, damn, I wish I, I was just celebrated for being, like, me in my natural state instead of, like, I only get praised when I'm, like, done up or showing my body. Um, so I think that's definitely relatable. Um, I 100% think it's relatable. Um, I also find that I think I'd never really post half naked or anything. I don't have any like bikini pictures or pictures in a bathing suit on my Instagram. I plan on doing that because we're going to Aruba. Y'all about to see these cheeks. Y'all about to see these cheeks. Um, but I do think that when I post a picture of myself, like done up and cute, I get a a lot more interaction than if I just post a picture of me looking dusty or me just like being regular. And it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a real weird thing. I also wanted to talk about body and just say the grass is always fucking greener. That's, that's just it. That's just it. I've got a lot of body. I've got a lot of body. And my entire life, I felt like I have too much body and that I'm not good enough because I have too much body. But then you listen to smaller women talk about how they feel like they don't got no body, so nobody looking at them. The grass is always greener, folks. Grow your own grass. I think that's true. Um, I think, like... First of all, also, I just discovered, (laughs) maybe I'm a little naive, but men are fucking, like, ugly girls just because they have, like, a nice body. And I'm like, y'all are a different A butterface. Why are you fucking nobody ugly? You've never heard of a butterface before? I I didn't know that, like, men (laughs) I I'm sorry. I just didn't know y'all were out here fucking uggos. That's weird. I'm sorry. That's weirdo behavior. Like, I'm not sleeping with anyone that's unattractive. And I just... Like, men really look at the body that much where they're like, she's busted, but at least she has an ass. I'm sorry. That's weird. I didn't, I didn't know that was a I'm thing. I'm surprised. I just discovered it, and I was like, wow. You know what the term uh, yeah. butterface comes from, right? No, no. I, I know butterface, but I didn't know y'all were fucking them. Yeah. Like, I didn't know y'all were putting your dick inside yeah. them. Like, that's weird. People do uh, that. I'm sorry. That's People weird. People do that. And I'm trying to think if I know any women 
that do that i don't think so i think it's always like a laugh of like oh he's got a hot body but that face nah and then it's like a move on but i don't personally know anyone who would like go as far to sleep with a guy just because he has abs i'm sorry but i don't think abs are all that like i don't understand why people like like an ab i what is to like about an ab and maybe it's because i've never been with a guy who has abs maybe that's what it is but i don't get i don't understand it i i like hands some nice hands i like some nice shoulders you're feeling the abs you're like yo you worked out and this shit is fire like i'm not saying buff buff like I feel like if I walk into the bar and some man looks like he can strangle me with one hand, <laughs> that's not attractive to me. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of y'all can, and that shit's weird. Like, I want to be able to, like, fight a nigga if I have to, but, like, I want you to, like, also protect, <laughs> protect me. Okay. And I just feel like, for me, it's something, like, being tall and fit is, like, I, I like the idea of protection. Call me not a feminist, but I, I like a man that protects and provide and i just feel like when i'm in that space of like he's a little taller he he like is fit he can like you know protect me there is a type of natural attraction to that for okay me. but you don't need talk for you don't need abs to be able to protect someone i am specifically talking no about it just abs. adds it just adds yeah it just adds to it but there's something about like being intimate with someone and them like having a nice body just like turning you on like I don't know if I can be turned on with someone who, who maybe has a gut. You know, that's just me. Um, and maybe people would say the same thing about me. Um, that's, just, that's just not attraction for me. Like, I just feel like when we're intimate, it's just, it's another level. Like, I don't know. I've touched abs before. And I'm like, this doesn't even feel nice. Okay, maybe different strokes for it's different like, folks, it's like, but It's like if you took... Uh, a ice thing, an ice tray, and you flipped it over and put like a cloth on top of it. It's like I don't <laughs> <laughs> like I don't see I the don't, appeal here. I don't. I don't like you're. Who are the? What's the body type that you're being intimate with? I'm trying to like picture a thick daddy. Like, like okay, when I, so then it's just different strokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. When I say thick, and it's so funny because like to my sister. My definition of thick is actually quite skinny, but to me, it's like thick. Like, I'm trying to think of a good body type. I don't necessarily want a guy with abs, but he's got like some muscle to him, some meat, some meaty meat meat, but not a gut. I think I know, I think I know what type of guy you're talking about, and I still would be intimate with that type of person. Um, yeah, I would still be into like into like a more like thicker guy. You just like abs. Um, I think just I, I I I listen. Your girl likes an ab. I'm trying to get this guy on Tinder. Has a six pack. Uh, I'm just you know he did ask me out. I kind of fumbled the bag a little bit, so I'm trying <laughs> to sneak back in there. But he's the last Tinder guy. I hope no one who I went out with listens to this episode. <laughs> he's the last one that I'm trying to like swoop in there. You know what I'm saying? Um, we are so off topic right now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, let's roll into the shits because we have an interesting one. In a time where self-care and prioritizing mental and emotional health among Black women is not only recommended but necessary, outlets that provide an informed, relatable, and encouraging perspective to best practices and approaches for us are invaluable. Introducing the Bibliotherapy for Black Women podcast, 
hosted by Amaka Gratia, a Yale-educated psych mental health nurse practitioner who is a Black woman with a love of all things books, psychiatry, and mental health. She highlights topics spanning from depression to boundaries to trauma, all while discussing books of all genres she's read and loved and shares personal life lessons and reflections along the way. Tune into the Bibliotherapy for Black Women podcast, available on all major platforms as you embark or continue on your journey towards better overall mental health and hygiene. Um, I just started using the dating apps and wanted some advice on how to proceed. I come from a very conservative and religious community, and although dating apps aren't the best avenue for someone from my community, it's lonely out here and I'm sick of waiting for the perfect guy from my religious background to pop up. When I'm talking to guys, how early is too early to disclose that I don't drink, do any drugs, and am waiting for marriage to have sex? Okay, so I have a question. Is this, I, I, you know, based off the clues, I'm going to assume this person is Muslim. Uh, Just the no drinking, the religious waiting for marriage. It's probably a Muslim woman. I know my Muslim community. Um, I'm trying to bag, you know. Anyway, continue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just saying, like, your girls out here, like, I, I, you know, I see you. um, TFN is starting to celebrate Ramadan. (laughs) Listen, I, I had a whole plan. I was like, I need to start the dating app now because, you know, I know my men are going to be, you know, fasting and stuff. We can't go You've out. Got but that's days. another story. You've got 10 days. I know. I know. And I'm like, damn, I got to wait to May 2nd. I'm not Muslim, guys. But, you know, I do know a little bit. Um, so I'm assuming she wants a Muslim guy or am I not getting that right? I think that she wants someone from her religion or no? I think a Muslim guy would be ideal. But she's kind of like, I'm not waiting for a Muslim guy. For a, okay, okay. So, but she does want she, you know, I think the important thing in a relationship is like to have shared values. I'm not saying you have to have every shared value, but like clearly this person should not be with someone who like drinks every night. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not gonna match up. And I think when you're young, there's a lot of you know drinking, drugs, sex, that type of thing. So it is gonna be a little harder. Uh, I think so. I think you can go about it. One, maybe you know, specific apps for you. And I know there's a Muslim dating app. I heard it's trash. But, you know, that is an option. It might be some some decent guys on there who might have the same values as you. I also think, you know, if you have certain apps like Hinge, you can filter certain things like religion and race. And I think you have to pay for it, but it might be worth it if you really do want someone. And I also think, like, you know, if we want to go a level up, you know, you still have, like, eHarmony and Match, which it might sound corny, but I do think, you know, there's a success rate with that. Again, filtering out people. And, you know, if, if y'all got some dough, a matchmaker. But I know that's not, you know, common. But I say all that to say, I think you kind of have to filter some people. Because if you just have your hinge on, like, any and everybody, you're probably going to get mostly white people who, like, drink a lot. I'm sorry. That's part of white culture. They, they like to drink. I just, I don't see a world where you're not finding that. Um, and I think you can either put it in your profile or you can wait till y'all are chatting, like, a day or two and just be like, hey, you know, I just want to disclose something because I know, like, you know, this might not be a favorable thing, but like, you know, I am religious and I do want to stick to my religious beliefs and, um, you know, maybe like ease into it that way. But I definitely think you shouldn't uh, negotiate your values for a culture that wouldn't do the same for you. I completely agree. I think you hit the nail on the head 
and I'll just add one more thing that I think before embarking on this dating journey, you need to write down exactly what you want and what you don't want. Um, Like if you know that you 100% don't want to have sex before marriage, if you know 100% that you don't want to kiss someone on the first date, like you need to be completely clear on that before going into a situation with someone who has no clue about your community. I mean, for the average 20-something-year-old, it's normal to have sex after going on some dates with someone or to kiss after going on dates with someone. Um, And although from people from your community, that's not necessarily normal. If you go outside your community, you're going to have to deal with those things. And I would say along with that, like Kia said, disclose those things. I understand that it's not necessarily someone's business what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with, but you don't want to be put in a situation where you're on a date with a guy and you literally have to strong arm him. You know, like you don't you don't want to be uncomfortable in a situation. So, I think it would definitely be smart to like if you feel like you're vibing with someone just kind of bring up like that your religion is important to you. Um yeah. I don't think you have to be like on your profile like I'm a virgin. I don't drink yeah. all this stuff. Like, I think sometimes in, in dating apps, people can be, like, too much where it's yeah. like, okay, we can ease into shit. Like, it's you don't need to, like, put your whole fucking life, you know, on the it table. Always I think you could just say in your profile. seems like <laughs> such a red flag when you see a guy yeah. who's like, I don't play no games. If yeah. you're not going to message, so then don't match. It's like, yeah. um, it's so unattractive it's really unattractive like the, you better have a personality you better answer yeah. swipe left if you fat but like it's like damn can y'all shut the fuck and, up and like, it's like a, a lot of no's a part of me is like i get it it's valid because everyone on these apps has experienced a person that they match with who doesn't talk to them a person that they match with who has no personality Bye. a person that they match with who's not serious and is playing games we've all matched with that those people a lot and it's very annoying but it just seems like when you put that front and center it's like who are you hurt by bro who are you hurt by yeah it's like please heal please Please, heal and like please heal i think like in this person's profile you could just say like you know on hinge like what's important to you you could just be like you know my religion is really important to me and i think you know someone with common sense would probably like you know maybe put the two together and if they don't you know you can ease into that conversation i just I do think people are just a little too aggressive on front. Like, it, you know, there is an art of dating and there's an art of getting to know someone. And, like, I don't need to know, like, your entire childhood trauma on, like, day one. Like, you know, we can wait until I fall in love with you and then trap my ass. But, like, I'd rather you do that than, you know, I don't want to hear about fucking therapy sessions on our first date, bro. So that's for all of you, okay? Yeah, and it sucks because I would love... I would love to live in a world where you wouldn't need to disclose your religion in order to feel comfortable on a date. But I've also know a lot of people who have stories of people just completely ignoring boundaries and just not paying attention. So it sucks. And you probably want to like... You know, I, I definitely think there's uh, something where, like, if you're in your later 20s, you don't want to waste time with someone who has, like, none of the same values as you. And um, I think sometimes it's evident that, like, you know, I think a lot of people are also just, like, 
as someone who was like dated some people outside the culture sometimes i'm like do y'all understand that like i am not white like i say that because like it'll be like trump supporters who are like hit on me and i'm like i know you know that i don't like trump i i know you know that so like why are you trying to pursue me in that way so i i do think some sadly you do have to be like listen these are my values but i also think like the way to get a person quicker is to like you know be strong with your boundaries because a lot of people aren't hitting that level and that's how you weed them out instead of just like wasting a lot of time and being like oh another dud so very true um with that i think we can be out this hoe okay all right Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. You can talk to us on social media at sufficientlyblk and email us at sufficientlyblackpodcast at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. And you can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us so you don't miss any new episodes. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Come here. Bring that dick here. Come here, bring that dick here.